happy Friday, friends. Can you believe that the holiday is officially here? The culmination of all the weeks of work, stress, running around in a tizzy, it's here. I hope you find some time this weekend to slow down and actually enjoy the last few days of the holiday season. As far as I'm concerned, the 26th, it's all over. I actually think this will be the first year I keep my tree up because usually the 26th, it comes down, but I'm feeling the vibe this year. Today's episode is a special one. It's a little bit different. We are talking to my friend Jess. It's longer, but she has a powerful story, an important story, and one that I think you're really going to enjoy. Before we dive in, I want to let you know that we do talk about loss today. So if that is going to be triggering for you, please just stay mindful that it's a massive part of where Jess has been. So we do talk about it in detail. Before we dive in, I hope you know that everything you need from me is found in the show notes newsletter link, um, freebies, and the link to my favorite element, electrolyte supplements. As always, I do have to remind you that I have spots open on my coaching roster. January is around the corner. So if you are someone who is waiting for new year, new me, you need to do it now so you have a plan so you can start new me in January. Let's hop on a call. I offer free phone calls to make sure you even like me. Let's make sure I can even help, right? But you need to start putting your plan in place now. Stop dragging your feet. Get out of your own way. Nothing changes. If nothing changes, you deserve to feel better. All right. This is a great episode. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, I'm GM, a nutrition and movement educator. After 18 years in the industry and recently becoming a mom, my world has been shifted. That combination of motherhood and industry experience left me feeling like I have some valuable stories to share. This is a space where we will talk all things movement, motherhood, food, and more. My goal is to give you the tools to fuel your life, understand how to fill your cup, and finally feel good in both your skin and body. My goal is to help you learn a lot, laugh some, and finally understand how to honor the season of life that you are in. All right, friends, one last thing before we actually dive in. Jess and I recorded a few weeks ago, and we got to thinking that you hear where she is and where she's going, but a massive part of all of this is where she has been. So we got to qu- together and recorded a quick bit so you could learn more about Jess, her past, and why her passion is so important to her. So let's dive in. All right, Jess, so tell us, where are you coming from? What got you into taking care of yourself and making change in the first place? Um, I think, you know, becoming a parent is really what um, made me realize that I needed to start taking care of myself. But leading up to becoming a parent, a mom for the first time at the age of 40, you know, I experienced um, a lot of loss, um, which many women do and don't talk about. Um, you know, my husband and I got married a little bit later. Um, and then we immediately started trying to have children because we were older. Um, and around 35, I experienced my, my first miscarriage, um, which, you know, is unfortunately normal, um, fairly normal for women. And because I was 35, I was considered AMA, which is advanced maternal age, which geriatric, you're geriatric. geriatric. 
right? I love being the old pregnant woman um, or trying to have a baby. And so then, um, you know, we went right into trying to trying again. Um, and I had my second miscarriage and because I was advanced maternal age, my doctor, and at this time we lived in San Diego, um, we had fantastic medical care. Um, and they sent me to a specialist in, um, Laguna Niguel, which is in Orange County, Southern California. And, um, and again, because of my age, they they sent the, so let me back up. The first and second miscarriage, I had to have a DNC. So my body didn't recognize that it was not a viable pregnancy. Um, and so I had to have a DNC. And the second miscarriage they sent, they referred to as the tissue off for genetic testing to see if it was a normal pregnancy. And so between my primary, um, you know, doctor and then the specialist in Laguna Niguel, um, we did find out that the second pregnancy was a healthy pregnancy. And so that led us the route of IVF. Um, we, I was diagnosed with, or I don't know if you would say diagnosed, but I have what's called a unicornuate uterus. So when I was forming, um, in the womb, only half of my uterus formed. And so as they kindly referred to it, it was a hostile environment to grow a baby. Mm. And um, that's what was causing the miscarriage. Um, and I had gone through, you know, MRIs and hysteroscopy, I believe is what it's called, if that's how you say it, right? Where they go in with a camera. So there had been so many things that was going on during this time period. And I'm giving you all of this history because it is what led up to, to today. Yeah. Um, and so we, we went the surrogate route. So I, um, with my husband and I went, I went through IVF. Um, we had three embryos and we ended up using a surrogate that we knew, um, our first surrogate fell through. So you have to imagine through all of this, there's so much loss and trauma and, you know, it's financial hardship. It's, hard on your marriage. It's, it becomes the focal point of everything. And, um, so when we, the, the first surrogate, we could not come to, um, an agreement on the terms. Um, she wanted to, if the embryo split into twins, she wanted to do selective reduction. We were not for that. Um, and so, we went through a, another surrogate. Now here's the, here's the kicker. So IVF is complete. We find a surrogate. I end up getting pregnant again because getting pregnant was not my problem. That was never the issue. Staying pregnant was the problem. So we were completely transparent with our surrogate. I was five weeks pregnant. We transferred, um, a boy embryo because you can, they tell you the, the sex of the embryos, which is pretty cool. Yeah. If you choose that. Um, and we transferred because we did find out on my second miscarriage where we had the tissue genetically tested that it was a boy. And so we felt pulled to use, um, the boy embryo. Um, we had two females and a male and we transferred our boy into the surrogate and I was pregnant. She was pregnant. Um, and it was, you know, we went from you're never having children to 
you're going to have two boys, right? I didn't know I was pregnant with a boy at the time, but um, she was due on Christmas Eve, which is always a tough holiday. Um, and my son was due on November 21st. So they would have been, I mean, they were both our sons, but the surrogate was due on the 24th of December. So fast forward, um, she ended up developing diabetes and at 13 weeks, she terminated our baby. So that was quite the blow, you know, and I always have, so I'm very open about my story. Was there a conversation from her before that? Or was she just like, Hey, guess what? Um, It was just such a complicated situation. There was, you know, meetings at a hospital in a conference room, my husband and I show up and there were security was there. I mean, it was just, it was, it was one of the hardest things that we've ever been through. Um, we were friends. (laughs) I will warn, you know, your audience that using a friend, um, isn't always the best choice. Mm. Um, but financially it's what, you know, we were going to give her a lump sum at the end, um, a very large lump sum. Um, she did not receive any money. She felt that her health was in danger and she went to Planned Parenthood on a Monday 13 weeks pregnant and terminated our baby. So, you know, I, I do this presentation where I, you know, I, I speak to women into classes and to audiences about my story um, for a lot of different reasons. I work at a university where there is a class called death, dying and bereavement. And I'm a guest speaker in that class twice a semester. And I get a lot of follow-up questions because I'm an incredibly open book. Um, not all women are comfortable talking about miscarriage and loss, um, because it is a very lonely place to be. It is, you feel, you know, because I was the one who couldn't give my husband children that, you know, there are so many layers to this. Yeah. It's, it's really tough. And so I was very focused on my pregnancy and I didn't move forward doing anything about her decision because it wouldn't have changed the outcome. Right. So, um, I ended up carrying my son to 39 weeks, which was an absolute miracle. Um, he's a healthy baby boy now, you know, he's, he just turned six years old. Um, and then at that point, I had a really tough postpartum, really tough postpartum. And um, we decided that's when we decided to relocate from San Diego to New York to be near family. Um, and then just to, I thought, well, you know, I've done it once. Why can't I do it again? So we tried one more time. I got pregnant and then I had my last miscarriage at my son's one year birthday party. Um, yeah, it was a pretty tough. So all of this being said, it's important. I want to share all of this because, you know, I think sometimes we view fitness and nutrition and health and wellness as this, you know, place that we can't reach how hard it can feel to do those things. And I just want to share my story because I didn't think I could come back. Sorry. Okay. I didn't think I could come back from that. And I did. And there's still a lot of healing to do, right? Because we all suffer trauma in our lives, whether it's 
you know, they call it little T trauma, big T trauma. Your story is your story. And I will tell you the very first time I was able to pull myself out, out of that and move my body from a place of love and grace versus being so frustrated and mad and angry at what I couldn't do. It started this this road of healing. It started this, and I didn't know it at the time. I just knew I needed to do something because I was out of control. I was gaining weight. I was so depressed. I lived in this new climate. You know, I didn't have a community. I didn't have friends. I was at this new job. I just felt very out of place and having just experienced five years of loss and trauma. And, you know, I had a long road of healing to do. And I didn't know what else to do. And I turned to fitness um, because, you know, I, I had been, you know, a spinning instructor and, and those things um, prior to in San Diego, prior to um, my, um, you know, um, becoming a parent, I, I did all those things. And so I just want women to understand that no matter how hard your story feels now and how you don't see the light, you know, it was, it was for me learning to move my body and love my body and forgive myself and, you know, work through that trauma and work through that hard and, you know, become like, come back home to me. And I was a new me, right. But I had to, I had to learn to, to get to know her. And that is really the sort of the backstory that led me to fitness and nutrition and learning that, you know, it is emotional health, it's mental health, it's physical health, it's nourishing your body um, with movement and nature and food. And, um, and that is what really started, started my healing process. And <laughs> clearly, I'm still working on healing, right? I think that's a lifelong journey for me. Um, you know, but that's, that's, that's how I got, I know that's such a deep story, but that's how I got into taking care of myself. And I hear you talking and I think to myself like, okay, this happened so many times. What were you doing to take care of yourself in the midst of all of it? Right? Like, yes, there's a the nutrition, there's the fitness that's, but you're multifaceted. That's, those are just pieces of what you do. A lot of what yeah. you do also has to do with like, we last in our conversation, you'll hear later on, it's your guided meditation, your personal development in your ears, your journaling, your gratitude for where you are. You didn't have any of those tools and resources. Did you have any tools and resources? Like, is that like, when I see you and I hear you talking, it's like, you have these tools now. What would like, obviously it's devastating and tragic, everything you've been through and it cannot change the heartbreak. And also how could that have helped you along the way? Um, having those tools. Um disposal do you know what I you know what I mean yeah did you have well, any yeah. that time? I, I think it, you know when I look back now at at that whole season of my life I was surviving I wasn't there was no part of me that even having a bit of like a small bit of a fitness background there was no part of me that was focused on I wanted to be healthy so I could grow a baby, right? Like, but my uterus wasn't going to change. And so it was, you know, that I, I say this when I'm doing, when I'm public speaking about this, that 
And it's funny because some days it strikes me different than others. Um, so some days I can get through this without crying and some days it, it feels heavier, but, um, you know, I look back now and all I could focus on was you're presented with a problem. What is the solution? And it was problem, solution, problem, solution. And it was always focused on how can I, I how can I have a baby? It, it was never, I never took a breath. I never took a breath to say, you know, what do I need to do to take care of me? That was not happening. If I had those tools or if I, knowing now, right? If I knew then what I know now, I don't know how it would have looked different because the, you know, I think I may have, the thing that I do think would have been different is after I did have my son, after I would successfully had Rocco in 2017, I think I could have been a more present, healed mom. I was very focused on um, having a healthy pregnancy. I was so, I had this like armor over me and I just, I just need to make it through one more day. Just stay pregnant one more day. Just get to 24 weeks. Just, you know, that was my, that's how I survived. That's how I lived. That it was just survive this day. And so when I think about now the tools that I have, the journaling and the meditation and how it has helped me heal, I think if I would have been doing those things at the time, I would have been kinder to myself. I could have given myself more grace and forgiveness and you know, been more patient with the process. And, but I didn't, I didn't become aware of that type of self-care until I started working out. It started with fitness for me. And it, in it, I don't want people to think that, okay, you press play, you journal, you meditate, you do all the things in one day. That's not how it unfolded for me. It was no, learning no. one day. Huh? That's not how it unfolds for anyone. No. And I think that sometimes people will, you know, see social media and they'll see an account. They're like, oh my God, she has these beautiful, amazing mornings. I built those mornings. I built what my life looks like. I built what my days are now. It didn't happen overnight. It happened, you know, I've been doing this since Rocco was about two and he just turned six. So I've been building this and going through growing through, you know, this season of healing and, and, and learning to love myself again and my body and, and the awareness that I have around my behaviors and old patterns that aren't serving me anymore. Um, you know, I'm four years in, and this is, you know, one of the things that I love so much that I've learned through this is I read this book. It's called the mountain is you, and it's by, by Brianna Weiss. It is one of my favorite books of all time. The thing that I realized through this book is that the mountain is you. When I first read that title, I thought, yep, it's me. I'm in my way. I'm the one keeping me from being successful. But really, once you get through the book, what you realize is the mountain is you. You are the journey, right? Like you are the mountain. And that's the point is the journey is the growing and the healing. But here's the thing is it takes work. 
And you can't, I firmly believe that you, you cannot, you have to just start, even when it feels impossible, because it felt impossible for me. It felt fucking impossible. And you just have to, you just have to do it that day one, <laughs> press play or get outside or whatever that is for you. And, and from there, you have to, to build this, this routine that helps with all, all of you, not just the physical piece, because if it's not, if it's, if you're not healing your heart and your mind, none of, none of it matters. Ooh, doggy. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, I didn't even know that whole story. Like I didn't, yeah. I knew that there was law. So um, you are a very strong individual, my friend. So we know where you're coming from. We know why this is important to you. We'll take some time and let's dive into the rest of our conversation on where you are now and where you're going. All right. Today, we've got a special guest for you. She is a sunrise samurai, a mindset master and morning routine mentor. If you follow her on social media, you know her morning routine is a total vibe and something we can all only hope to achieve. Jess shares the ideal, which is like the quiet morning alone to journal, meditate, work out, fill our cup in silence, but also the real, a five-year-old crashing the party at the worst time and being super chatty in your workout space. Jess is online teaching other women how to master mornings and ultimately your life, but she's also as real as can be. As a she has recently found a passion for the PTA, and while her son, her five-year-old son, is her greatest joy, she'll share more about that in a minute, but she's online teaching others, including me, that we're in charge of creating the life we want, we're in charge of shaping the days we want, so we need to show up for ourselves day in, day out, even when it doesn't look 100% how we would prefer. Hi, Jess, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I feel really honored to, to be asked to speak on your podcast. So, well, I feel like we talk most days anyway, so this only seems appropriate. Um, so give us a quick elevator pitch as quick as you need it to be long, short. I don't care. Who are you and what is your mission with all the work that you do? Yeah, I, my name is Jessica Amorosa, and I am a health and wellness coach. I'm also, um, I work full-time in higher education, so I'm balancing many, many things at one time. I am the mom of, he is now six, um, just turned six, um, married. We live in upstate New York, um, you know, and over the past 10 years, it's been pretty rough, so my story really evolves um, starting after I got married. That's that's when it all began and how I ended up here today. And I, I really am on a mission for women to um, not lose who they are. Because I think when we become moms, that's exactly what happens. Whether you're the mom of one or multiple, it's, it's so easy to get lost in the day-to-day, -day, what needs to be done. And rarely do you put yourself at the top of the list. You might be on the list somewhere, but it is not often that you put yourself at the top. And I think we need to give ourselves permission um, as women, as, you know, I think we are the drivers in the household. And I think we need to prioritize how we feel. So that's kind of my mission. I love that. Can I yeah. ask what, do you have like a specific aha moment when you're like, wait a minute, I'm lost. 
I don't take care of myself. What is happening here? I cannot stay on this trajectory. Like, is there a certain situation or time that comes to mind when you think about that? Um, you know, I, I'm going to be completely transparent with, like with you today, because there is no one's journey is, or days are perfect. We all have these moments of how can I do this? You know, and it's, it's for me, I, I can't, you know, I think the overwhelm of being a mom and working full time and running a health and wellness business and being a wife, which I tend to put at the bottom of the list sometimes, but um, I don't think there's a moment specifically. It's just, we can become so exhausted when we don't take care of ourselves. So when I'm feeling that exhaustion, I know that something needs to shift. Got it. I appreciate yeah. that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I can relate. So wait, this takes me to your mornings then. They're such a vibe. The candles, the books, the journals, the headphones. I die. I, I can only dream to have that sort of situation. Did it always look like that? I'm assuming it didn't, but has it always looked like that, like that morning routine? And how did you get it to where it is now? Walk us through that journey. I was the person I... I can remember crystal clear. I used to say to people, I don't know how you work out in the morning. I don't know how you get up in the morning. I don't know how you get up so early. I work out on my lunch hour. I need to be up and moving and awake and get some energy first before I can do all the things. When in reality, I can look back now and think to myself, that is actually what gives you the energy to move through your day. Um, I started my health and wellness business, not really, to be honest, it wasn't intentional in the beginning. Um, I had a coworker that I was doing. Um, we were working out together and working on her nutrition. And she said to me, hey, let's get up in the morning and work out. And I'm like, yeah, that's not who I am. Nope, I'm all good. And she said, but I did it yesterday and you'll never believe the freedom that it brings in your day. And I was like, huh, okay, I'll give it a try. You know, and we got up that morning, we did a Zoom workout together, and she was a hundred percent right. The freedom that I had mentally in the day, I wasn't, when can I get to the gym? How am I gonna, how am I gonna work out? Like it, I had put myself first and it felt like I had this like sense of freedom throughout the day, and it wasn't this nagging feeling of having to get to my workout. So it really started there. It started with movement in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, the, the deeper I got into my fitness piece, other things started to fall into play. Um, you know, I'm surrounded by some, a community of women that, that all have, not all, some have these morning routines. And, you know, I just started to see the success that followed and, it did not always look this way. It still doesn't always look good every day or feel good every day. It's about like learning to edit where I'm at and what is going to serve me that day. So like, talk me through like a typical morning. This morning you posted on your show, social, you were like writing, but reading something off an iPad. Like, seriously, I watch your morning routine because <laughs> to dream like it's only you can only dream of it right but what is a typical morning what are you doing how are you grounding yourself to have that energy and free up that brain space the rest of the day to tackle your full life 
Yeah. I mean, I have a set, I have a set of set things that I do. I, um, I'll do a guided meditation. Um, I listen to personal development. So I think what you hear, um, what you consume is very important. Um, and I journal. And one of the things that I really focus on, and this is something that I think people don't give enough credit to is gratitude and appreciation for where you are. That sounds so cliche, but I believe that the universe or God or whatever language you speak, if you're not grateful for what you have, if you don't feel appreciative for what you have, you're not going to get more. And I think falling into that, feeling it is, is different. It's, it's, and that's when in the morning, when you can sit in the quiet in the peace filled space with no kids and no television, no social media, none of that. You can just sit. It's you, it's your thoughts, it's journaling. It's really feeling what you're grateful for. And I read, um, I try to pick a book that is, um, would be relevant in that time, right? People will say, well, what are your favorite personal development books? And I'm like, well, it's personal. Here are my books. But I think depending what season you are in your life, I think that is, that's the direction that you go. So it's, it's filled with journaling, gratitude, meditation. Um, I used to be the person that couldn't sit and meditate. And, you know, I would get Instead of being curious about where my mind was going, I was very judgmental. Like, you can't sit in, in quiet for four minutes. You can't, you know, like, what, what's wrong with you? You have all these thoughts. And now I've shifted from that to just curious because those thoughts are sometimes what I journal about. And it just, it really does transform your days. And I, you know, I think people will try it once or twice and they're not, this is an everyday thing, right? This is, there's no... There's no schedule of when that gratitude is going to kick in, right? Because once you start to practice the gratitude, you really do just begin to walk through your days differently. Yeah. I'm that, also hearing that makes, sense. that makes total sense. But I'm also hearing like a lot of what you've changed has to do with removing limiting beliefs you had. I'm not mm -hmm. a person that wakes up in the morning and works out. Well, yes, you are. You just convince yourself you weren't. And also like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm not a person that can sit and meditate. My brain never stops. Again, it's yes, I can do that. It just takes a little bit of practice. It takes practice getting up with an alarm. It takes practice going up, going to bed early to get up. It takes practice sitting in silence and getting curious about the pinging thoughts, which are inevitable, right? Um, is that a fair statement that limiting beliefs are kind of, oh, <laughs> that's a, that's totally fair. And I think, you know, I had, and I, we all do this. We tell ourselves these stories. I am not a morning person. I used to say that all the time and I had never even tried it long enough, tried it, let alone tried it long enough to see if that was somebody I could become. And it, it's, I, you know, I, I call them, this is not my, my name, but I call them like red light stories. These are the red light stories I would tell myself that would keep me from moving into a space of growth, moving into a space of change. I just, 
this is the way that it is. I can't do this and I wouldn't try. And now I know that that is not, that is not how you create change, right? You, you got to do the things that are uncomfortable. And people say, how do you get up at 5 a.m.? It's not easy. It's not easy at all. I've been doing it, gosh, three years. It's not easy. But I know that if I don't do it, I know what my day will look like. I know how I will feel. I know how it will not be smooth. I will not feel in control. I will not be able to hold space for other people the way that I can when I give to myself first. I'm not the same mom on those days. I am less patient. I am, you know, the mama, 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 like I can only take so much of that, you know, and as grateful as I am for my son on the days that I give to myself and create intentional thoughts, I'm, I have such better days. I have such better days. So yeah. yes, you are completely, it's accurate. Like yeah. we're all grown ass adults. We don't mm -hmm. have to do anything, but also I ate a donut yesterday. So I went through the Dunkin' drive-thru and I literally ordered a chocolate glazed donut. That was it. That was all I got. I didn't get a coffee or anything. I just wanted a donut. And I sent my friend a picture and I, she said to me, you're a grown ass adult. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, have one every day, like go for it. And I disagree with that statement. Like, yeah, you're right. I a hundred percent could go through the drive-thru. I can get a box of munchkins every day and eat all of them. Right. But am I going to be taking care of myself? If I do that, am I going to feel my best? If I do that, right. I can do whatever I want. I can choose to not get up at 5. AM. But when I get up at 5 a.m., is that actually a form of caring for myself and in some weird, twisted way, caring for my child a little bit better? Yeah, it is. So what do you want more? Do you want to have the donut or do you not want to gain 10 pounds over the next 10 weeks? Right. Like it's making a decision and choosing. And I think it's being connected to how you want to feel connected to. I, I mean, I hate to say this, but the consequences of your decision, you know, if you want the donut because you feel joyful and it sounds good and you just want to eat the donut, that's amazing. If you are getting the donut and hiding in your car and eating it in shame and feeling guilty, like that's a different, that's a different story, right? So I think it's important to think about your intentions and it's okay to eat the donut, but when you pay attention to like how you feel and where you want to grow and how you want to live your life, you're not going to get the donut every day. Yes, you're a grown adult, but you're also an adult who understands consequences of being in the donut yeah. every day, right? Yeah. yeah. But like play the tape through. Play How's this going to play out? When you watch the entire CD all the way or DVD all the way through, what's that ending look like? How does it look like you want it when you have 10 donuts every day? I probably not, right? Um, yeah. So for you, what's the hardest thing about, this is such a loaded question, right? But you said you're like working on balancing many things at once. What's the hardest thing about being a mom, but having the demanding job, building and running a wellness business? And then how do you, like, what tools do you lean on on your hardest days when like you didn't get your quiet time in the morning and you have 4,000 things on your to-do list and you know you're going to have a hell of a day at work, like, Where's your biggest struggle and what tools do you lean on the most during those challenging times? I would say for me personally, the tool that I lean on the most is movement. Um, I have a lot of, you know, tools in my toolbox, if you will, but movement for me helps to change 
my mood. It helps to change my thoughts. It helps to change um, my state. And I think that is the tool. Now, let me be really clear. There are days that I don't handle it well. Um, I'm human. Congratulations. <laughs> how human of me, right? But here's what I know. I know that I will fall back to the habits that I have built and created. So even on my hardest days, I have grown out of the woman that I used to be. And I know how good it feels when I'm doing things that honor my health, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, my well-being. And to me, that's what I try to let drive those days, those hard days. And I'll tell you, like, I don't know that I balance anything well. I, I think what I try to do is find harmony in it. I try to find just going to say that we've talked about that. And like yes. you said, you balance a lot of things. And I'm like, that's not what she means. No, she the harmony because balance is bullshit, right? Like you yes. have 17 cups, all 17 cups are not equally full cups, A, B, and C are going to be overflowing. And then X, Y, Z they're empty, but mm -hmm. it's the season. It may change in a day, a week, a month, yeah. a year, but this season it's got to be what it looks like. So you work for, for that harmonizing, I would say. I work for peace. I work for, um, and I'm still learning, I'm still learning this really to like manage my calendar and prioritize what is the most important thing to me. And that is my family. And, you know, do I love the days that Rocco, my six-year-old interrupts my morning or interrupts my workout? I've learned to embrace it because it's going to happen and I need to find peace in that and embrace that versus being resistant against it, which you and I, you actually taught me this idea of letting go of resistance. And so I, I know that not every day will be perfect. And I have, I have let go. I stopped resisting what I think it has to look like every day. I create a plan right? Like I know what I'm going to do when I wake up. I don't think to myself, what time am I going to set my alarm? Like, that's not a thought. I, that's who I am now. I just, it's set for 5am. Like I don't, it took me a long time to get to that place, but I have a plan. I know what I want it to look like, but when it's not going the way that it's going, I try to find peace in that versus being resistant. And I think that's, you know, I did learn that from you. And I think that's just the key in any change that you're creating in your life is it, it you've got to be flexible in how you get there. Rigid about like, what is that, that quote, like rigid and what you're trying to do, but flexible in the approach. Yeah. Yeah. This morning, the only opportunity I had to work out this morning was with Wilder. Like it just, that's the only time today I had it. So I said to him after he woke up, we had our morning snuggles and read whatever I said, buddy, after breakfast, you're, we're going to get dressed and go outside to work out. And he goes, mommy, don't you want some alone time? And I like had like some feelings about that. And I was <laughs> like, should I feel guilty? But I think we're also like, even the days Rocco interrupts you, he's seeing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. He's seeing how you care for yourself. And lately the language I've been using, like if my husband's home in the morning, I'll say like, buddy, you can't come out to the garage this morning. This is how mommy takes care of herself. And right now to take care of myself, I need a little bit of time alone in the garage. And when I like sat and thought with like, do I need to feel sad that he 
thinks I need to be alone. Like, no, it's, that's truly how I care for myself some days. And then today to care for myself, I had to go outside and understand, like, I'm going to have 150 pounds on my back and have to answer questions mid set. And I can't, <laughs> because at one point in my life, like, shame on me. And I like, I'm going to be vulnerable here. I would get mad at him and yell at him. Like, you can't talk to me in the middle of a workout. Like he's three, of course, he's going to talk to you. He doesn't know. Right. But like, I've had to learn how to grow through that. It's not always going to be exactly how we want it, but we still have to show up regardless if we want to be our, not even our best self, just be kind of happy that day. Decent human, you know, like when Rocco was with me in the mornings, um, my mornings can look different because of my husband's work schedule. He is some mornings, my husband is home. And so I do get true alone time. Um, and then the mornings, my husband is not, I've, when he wakes up, he knows where to find me. Rocco knows where to find me. And, um, he wants to be with me and I feel so, my heart is so full. And I know that that sounds so cheesy, but you know, I think all parents have gratitude for their kids. All kids are special. I am not in any way taking away from that, but I think that I have moments with my son that I'm just so beyond grateful that he gets to be with me. Um, do I lose my patience? Yes. Um, when he needs me to, you know, turn on Toy Story or like do whatever and I have to pause my workout. Um, I do my best to stay patient because I want him to want to be in that space. It is healthy for me. It's healthy for him. I want, we want as parents to show him, you know, this is how you can take care of yourself. I didn't have that growing up. Um, I didn't have a lot growing up. And so for me, for my husband and myself, it is key to give him the tools or show him, it will be his choice, but to show him, you know, this is how you can feel good in your own skin. This is how you can feel good in your days and in what you're doing and the actions that you take. And I, so I try really hard to, to keep that in my, in my mind when so the mornings that he like shows up and be like, he's unwelcomed, but here we are. We just got to roll with it. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the big questions I get a lot of times from clients is like, how do you work out with your son? And Wilder's been in the garage with me since he was literally laying on the floor. Right. Yeah. So for him, he's always been there. It's always been a part of what he does. Sure. We had our seasons where it's like, Lord above here, just watch something on my phone for 10 minutes. I just need to get this done. Right. But as he gets older, he's going to be four soon. He's finding, I'm finding that he's getting better at entertaining himself, right? Like, sure, I'll make the obstacle course for him. And we're very fortunate that we have a big garage so we can like ride his bike and laps. He has a lot he can do out there, but he's becoming less dependent on me entertaining him and setting things up for him while I work out. For you, when, if someone was to say to you, like, how do you work out with your kid? Has that shifted as he's been there with you more frequently? Has it changed as he's gotten older? What, how do you, how do you work out with your kid? Um, you know, he takes part in what I'm doing a lot, right? So he wants to work out with me and, you know, it, it is hard on the days that I am, that I want to work out hard and that I want it to be intense and that I want to feel it, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
But I also know that if it is a day when he, you know, is disrupting things, it's a day. It's a day. What else can I control that day? Nutrition, hydration, all those things, right? So I would say, you know, I started working out when Rocco was two-ish, little over two. Um, so he has also kind of grown up with it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm to the point now, I would say that I invite him more often than not. Um, because he does entertain himself more now. We do have a TV in our gym space, which is nice. Um, and I, I think that that is okay that, 100%. you know, that That's he watches TV fun, for like, a half an hour. Turn, turn the show on. That's how you get your workout. Yeah. Turn the show on. Yeah. Sanity. You're going to, they're going to appreciate you more because yeah. you got your workout in. Yeah. yeah. We also have like little weights for him. He has a little bike, you know, that it's a stationary bike, but it sort of mimics my, my bike. Um, and so, you know, we, we try to include him in all the ways that we can. Um, but again, it's, you just got to roll with the punches. Yeah. When you have Radical a acceptance, man, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. exactly. Okay. So you said if the morning isn't something that you can control, you have to shift gears. Like what can I control? And it's the other, cause let's face it. Our workouts are like 40 to 60 minutes over the course of a 24 hour day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our workouts are important. They set the tone for the day, but in the grand scheme of like health and wellness, yeah, your workouts aren't as, they don't have as pack as big of a punch as the three times a day, three to seven times a day that you put food in your mouth. Right. Right. So we recently, you and I have talked mm -hmm. about what is going on in your nutrition life. Um, you had hormone testing done. You worked with your work, trying to get yourself together with a naturopath. Um, and you're just kind of all over the place, but we looked at your food logs and homegirl, you crush protein, which is like awesome. Cause a lot of people struggle with that the most, but the more I sat and thought about like where you are, I don't know that it would be totally uncommon because let's face it, the protein conversation is shoved down our throats. We all know if you follow anyone in the health, health and wellness space, they're going to talk about protein, right? Like somewhere on social media, someone is telling another woman, you need to eat more protein. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that it's going to be totally uncommon that women are under eating, but crushing protein. That means, well, if they're under eating their carbs and fat, which are vital nutrients to health, right? They're going to be lacking. So for you, we recognize like, yes, you crush protein, but you're definitely under on calories and fat. So you got this information in like literally the last 48 hours. What yeah. is the most surprising thing about all of this? Cause you're a healthy individual, right? Like right. You, I take care of myself. I eat balanced meals. Like I work on a balanced plate. I do the things. And also I'm like, bro, you need to eat 700 more calories a day, right? So what's like the most surprising thing in all of this for you? Uh, you know, I think that, cause I'm 46, so 46 year old, years old. And I, for me, and it's so crazy as, you know, all the times that you can say to your clients or to women that you're supporting, here's what you need to be doing for yourself, as I've aged, I have not necessarily shifted some of the things that I've needed to. Well, first of all, 
my hormones are this new, new ish, um, part of the conversation. Um, I, you know, I think as a lot of women do, I shouldn't generalize, but I think as a lot of women do, we don't understand the impact that, that our hormones can have on how we feel. And I'm fairly happy. What led you to get curious about your hormones? Like, were you feeling um, a different type of way? Did another friend have an experience? Well, you know, you've definitely heard a lot more about sure. hormone health and cycle syncing and all the things, right? So I just started to, as, I mean, I think some women will, will be able, uh, most women will probably be able to relate to this. In my forties, I have learned about the different phases in your cycle and how you feel and energy levels and like all these things. Um, I didn't put any stock into my hormones having an impact on how I felt. I feel, um, I'm feeling a bit tired. I was feeling like I'm getting enough sleep. I'm staying hydrated. I'm eating. I'm not somebody who thinks that they're under eating, right? Like I'm eating all the time. And it just didn't make sense that I just felt so exhausted. Um, and I was thinking really about like, well, it's the change in seasons, it's winter, it's darker now. Um, I could just really feel this shift in, in my energy. And that's what really prompted the, the hormone testing. And I was blown away <laughs> when I got the results back. Um, they're, they're not good. And so from there, I, you know, I reached out to you and said, look at my hormone testing results. Am I dying? Is this what dying looks like? Am I dying? I was like, what? Can we cuss on here? Yes. Okay. Um, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Honestly, because like I take care of myself. I, you know, and you just out of the kindness of your heart, you said, send me what you're eating today. Don't change a thing. Boom. And I'm like, okay let's do this. And so from there, I was getting a message, you know, through the hormone testing, like you need to stop doing fasted workouts. You need to look into hormone supplementation. You see a naturopath, you need to do X, Y, and Z, take magnesium, like <laughs> all these things for you. It was the nutrition side of things, right? Like, again, like stop eating half the bagel, eat the whole bagel, you know, like I, that would have never occurred to me. As somebody who is in the health and wellness field, I can't eat a whole bagel for breakfast. So why? Get curious, right? Like who told me that? Who said that? Mm -hmm. I can't that right? Like where is that coming from? Yeah. yeah. And I didn't think I was under eating, but I, I was also, I, I will say that I probably wasn't planning as well as I should. I was very focused on, I am focused on like getting my protein, right? Because that is what's being shoved down. And it's, you know, I don't, First of all, I don't believe in restrictions. So let me be very clear about that. I'm not in, I'm not, not eating carbs. I'm not, not eating fats. Like if I want the croissant, I eat the croissant, like, <laughs> you know, but it's just dialing in. How can I, how can I make better decisions nutrition wise? How can I make better decisions with, because for me, it's about energy management. It's about my energy levels because how I feel is what drives my days and how I parent and 
you know, a, how I am at work and, and a wife and all the things. And so for me, it was, that was really kind of the driving force is just, I felt like shit and it didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you're not alone, right? Like there's zero judgment or shade thrown your yeah. way. Like you're, right. you're eating clean, right? I'm eating, you're eating whole foods. You're eating, you are, your plates are very balanced, right? But also where is the ideas coming from of like, I can't have a full bagel or um, why is protein so important that I forget, oh, my body cannot create the hormones that's, that is necessary for me to thrive without fat in my diet. Like I'm going to have two peanuts and that's going to be enough. Like I worked with another client yesterday, I reviewed her food log and she had 16 grams of peanuts. That's literally like four peanuts in her yogurt. Like, is that even like, what is that? Right. But this is yeah. the diet culture. This is growing mm-hmm. up in the nineties and being told, Oh my God, the nineties and even the early two thousands being told all of these things that are now the word for us as adults. It's like, well, damn, that's kind of screwing me over now. Cause I think I'm doing it right. You don't know mm-hmm. until you don't know. Right. Right. But what I think is cool about your story is you advocated for yourself. Like, okay, I'm doing everything that I know how it's not working. I don't feel good. We need to dig deeper. Where can I get help? Like, let's talk to hormone people. Let's talk to someone who works with food logs and yeah. push and get questions and not just roll over and play dead. So many people roll over, play dead. And they're like, well, I guess this is just how I feel. No, it's not. You well, know? and I think too, it's been communicated to women for so long. Like as you get older, this is just the way it is. This is how you feel. This is the result of a busy life. This is, and I refuse to believe that my busy life equals exhausted. I refuse to stay in that space. And I will say, I am not a nutritionist. (laughs) I am not, what what I do with women and in my community is I share my human experience and what I learn along the way. Because I think that women for so long diet culture has, has done such damage. And, you know, I sort of ranted through my, my social, my social media this morning and stories about for that. You know, huh? It's here for that. I like that little rant. I mean, because I just think we do such damage for women and their relationship with food and what it really takes to be healthy and what it really takes to feel good. And that's what I'm here for, right? Like I want to live feeling the best that I can. And I'm not going to accept because I'm 46, that that's not an option for me. Yeah. I heard something really interesting. So let's face it. Like I'm third, I'm third, I'm 38. Yeah, I'm 38. I'm going to be 39, but like everyone says at 40, things shift, right? Things change. I heard a really cool, just like, I don't know how to explain it, but someone that I follow on social media said, we need to treat perimenopause, menopause, getting older, right into our forties, just as we would getting our period for the first time, hitting puberty, Mm -hmm. the hormonal shift that happens. Mm -hmm. It's so honored. Like, oh my God, you got your period. You're an adult now. Like these are the changes to expect. It's an entire, your entire hormone profile shifts when you get your period as an adult, an aging adult. The same thing is happening again. Yeah, it's frowned upon like there's something wrong with us. Well, I guess I'm just going to gain 10 pounds around my meds- midsection. Mm. I guess I'm just going to be tired now. 
when no, you have an entire hormone shift. Let's educate ourselves and learn what we can do to best take care of ourselves to thrive and not simply survive because it's just not, it's natural. Yeah. But now that you're, you're getting boobs, you're going to get a sports bra, right? You're going to learn how to keep your boobs in a bra and not bounce all over the place as a young adult, as a growing adult, what support do we need to support these shifts that are going to happen to all of us? And I feel like it's not something that has been brought to the surface. I think it's becoming more present. Agreed. Right? Agreed. I yeah. think like it definitely, at least in like the things that I see, it is being talked about more. And just like you, I, people want to be educated. They want to know mm -hmm. they're getting curious and that's where the shift is happening. And, and the key for me is reaching out for support with not only people that I trust, but people that, for example, I don't, you like as far as nutrition is concerned and movement um you're like you're the real deal and and i think that is what is important for social media <laughs> that's where i run my business from but it's making me crazy because it's these bullshit quick you know answers and that does not benefit your health and i and i you know i don't want to do something that is not good for me, good for my health, good for my longevity, good for how I feel in 10 years for a quick answer. And, and I, so I think that's, you know, doing your homework and figuring out whatever it is that your need is, right? How can I get really good support through this? And and that's where I hope people can tell the difference on social media or, you know, in conversations with people they know. I just, I really hope that women find healthy support. Yeah. It sounds like your community has good support because you share through experience, right? And as you're going through this, you're like educating your community, what you're learning. Anytime a new coach comes to me and they're like, well, what's the best advice you have for me? I tell them, go get a coach. You need your mm -hmm. own experience there. You're going to learn so much about going through your own journey. And sure, my journey is going to look completely different than every single client I work with, but I'm going to learn something along the way that even if a one tenth of it applies to them, cool, I'm going to help benefit them because I have a lived experience of that thing. Yeah. And, and the community that, that I'm in it, you know, it's, gosh, opened so many doors just for awareness, right? Like, I think back to where I was, you know, because I moved from San Diego to New York when my son was about a year old. And I was not in a good place mentally, physically, emotionally, like you name it. I was lost. I was depressed. Um it was not, it was not a good situation and finding the community that I have found and now creating my own community. Um, I've really learned how, how to move forward in a healthier way. I didn't have good coping skills. And, and I would say this community has just really given me the tools and resources and support and support to to really absorb and learn and take all of this in and learn how to like navigate through my life 
orbit around the hard because the hard's not going to stop. It's just how am I going to live a better life through it? And that's, that's, I think the difference that helps me stay on this path of constant wanting to feel better and help helping like to create impact for other women. Cause I, we don't give ourselves enough permission to feel good. Yeah. And I'm here to give women permission to be brave enough to take that first step. And how do I keep going? And on the days that you can't keep going, you, you learn how to get back up. You learn how to like get into those habits that you build so that you don't fall back to who you used to be. Yeah. I'm here for that. Sounds like a community more women need to be a part of. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, where can people find you? How can they get into your space, get the vibe of your morning, get into your community? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, gosh, my Instagram is Jessica underscore Amorosa. You don't even know. I'm going to link it in the show notes. So <laughs> Isn't that terrible? Yeah. yeah. You know, I just really, um, that's where I run my business through social media. I have a private community that once you are in it, um, that is run separately from Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. I love that. Okay. So I appreciate you being here today. I think I love you. A lot of women before I hit stop on this recording, tell me, how are you honoring the season that you are in? Mm. Right now? Whether it be this mo- minute, this day, this week, this month, this year. Yeah. That's a good question. Cause this is a tough time of year, you know, um, for a lot of people, for a lot of reasons. And I think for me, um, learning that I don't have to carry everything. Um, you know, when things feel heavy, I'm learning to put it down. Um, I don't have to carry it with me all the time. And, you know, I've got a lot going on, like most people do, um, you know, parents not as healthy as they used to be. I'm having to, you know, handle some of that. Um, my son started kindergarten this year. A lot comes with that. Um, working full time, running a health and wellness business, the marriage, the, 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 all the things. And I would say, if you, if you can do anything, create time for yourself, space for yourself. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be, you know, like every day I try to give myself time to get grounded, set my intention go into my day with how, who I want to be and how I want to show up. And that's where I lead from. Um, my morning routine is, is my foundation. And I would say, if you can create that for yourself, um, try, you know, try to do that because I always say that's the time that no one else needs me. You know, it's, it's like right when you open the doors up to the world, you, you start letting, letting in opinions and feelings and thoughts and questions and all the things that can really cloud how your day runs. And so that's, that's what I will be focusing on is really leaning into that morning routine, leaning into movement, um, and continuing down this path of staying curious about my health, you know, just because it's December and it's Christmas doesn't mean I'm going to put a pause on feeling better. 
yeah. right? Like, will I eat the Christmas cookie? Of course I will. But I'm also going to continue down the path of searching for what can help me feel my best. And that's not going to stop. Fuck yeah. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. This has You're been welcome. lovely. Thank you for having me. We'll chat soon. Yes.